Praise the Lord. It's good to see some faces I haven't seen in a minute. Praise the Lord. Everybody doing well? I tell you, uh, you know, this guy got COVID, and it wasn't pleasant. I didn't get the baby COVID. I got the big one. And uh, it was not pleasant. And what I can tell you is, is going through that experience, being away from the body of Christ was the most difficult part for me because I didn't get, while I could watch the video, I couldn't get this atmosphere. I mean, I, trust me, I have a relationship with God, but there's something about the people of God coming together in praise and worship and in, in a congregation coming together in person and all of that. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If you've got anybody that's out there sick right now, we just declare healing over their bodies, Father God, over their minds, Father God, right now. And we just thank you that you do what only you can do in their lives, Father God. This is our year of Jubilee. We declare it by faith, and we walk in it, and we declare it as a finished work in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Listen, you can't get what we got right here out there. It's, it's time people of God, to, to start talking to people you haven't seen here in a minute, you know, at church, you know who they are, reach out to them, let them know, hey, you know what, it's time to come back to church, it, we'll, we'll space you out, we got all kinds of space, we left, listen, before COVID hit, what did the sanctuary look like in two services? Full, full services, and so it's time to reach out to those who are no longer here and say, hey, how you doing? Checking in on you. Hey, we had a great service on Sunday morning, and it was fantastic. Oh, I know. I watched it online. No, no, no. Let me tell you about what happened. Let me tell you about what really happened. So it's time to reach out and do that. Let's fill up the house of God again, and let's not be in fear of what's happening out there. Let's allow what's happening in here to permeate what's out there, and we can do that together as the body of Christ. So uh, welcome back for those of you who have been out, and I want to welcome you all back who are watching uh, through video this morning as well. Um, I want to talk to you about a message. Pastor Barb, thank you so much for letting me speak this morning, um, and I want to talk to you this morning about this one thing. Everybody in this room, including this guy right here, has got this one thing that hinders us from progressing in the kingdom of God. Now, Pastor Barb just gave a word of the Lord. If you don't know what that is, see me after service. I'll be happy to explain what that means. But she received a word from the Lord that we're going to have a greater expression of God's glory. But what you want to do in these times when things are going to slow, God's not going to keep you on 10 all the time. Trust me. You can't do it. I've tried. Praise the Lord. I love it when God gives you his outpouring and it's just fantastic and all these things happen. But listen, you can't live at that all the time. So what we really need to do in these times when things are a little bit slower is we need to really look at the deeper things that God wants to do in and through our lives. Because if you're not careful, even COVID or the, the, the transition of power that just occurred in our government and all these other things, all the cares of the world or the outcomes of the world will become your focus rather than the deeper things of God, the things that God wants to do that God can only do. I am actually starting a brand new series this Wednesday online of a whole series called God Do What Only You Can Do. So I'm not going to go into that, but I do encourage you to get online and watch that. 
In 2 Kings, there was a man named Nahum. And Nahum was an incredible man. He was, I mean, the king's uh, general. I mean, he had won battles. Uh, he got to sit at the king's table. He had all the things that pertain to life. And, I mean, everybody in the land knew who he was, so he had fame. He, I mean, he had enemies that feared him. And he had all these things seemingly going for him on the surface. But I'm here to tell you this morning he had one thing that was hindering his life and there was a there there was an opportunity and we'll read this in just a second where he could get hyper focused on the outcome or he could get hyper focused on what God could only do and so it says right here it says the king of Aram had great admiration for Naaman the commander of of his army, because through him the Lord had given Aram great victories. But through Nahum, but though Nahum was a mighty warrior, he suffered from leprosy. Nahum suffered with leprosy, but I promise you in your life, you suffer with many of the same things that keep popping up over and over and over again. You do everything in the natural that you can do to try to remedy this problem, but it keeps happening over and over again. You spend an incredible amount of thought and energy in that one thing, and it consumes your daily life if you were to be truthful. If God were to look at you today, and he does, he doesn't look at the outward, uh, what's going on in the outside. He looks at your, where? Your heart, right? He wants to know what you believe at the end of the day rather than what you're experiencing at the end of the day. Every person in this room and every person around this world has a different experience or outcome. There's no two people who've had the same experience. Sometimes we'll say, oh, I know exactly how you feel. You have no idea how I feel. You have no point of reference for that because I am a unique human being with my own thoughts, my own feelings, my own hang-ups, my own issues, my own victories, all of those kinds of things. But I see a lot of people when the problem comes up, when the, the let's label it leprosy, let's label it debt, let's label it, you know, broken relationships, let's, you know, label it some, some kind of a label. Listen, that outcome belongs to only you uniquely, but if that outcome is possible, then any other outcome is possible if I'll get to the root of the problem and not put all my focus on the problem. The problem in this world right now is what's dividing us. It just completely divides us instead of pulling us together. You know, what does the Bible tell us to do with our enemies? Well, God judge them, may hell fire fall on them for all the bad things that they do and, you know, all of that. No, God doesn't ask us to do that. God says pray. Pray for your enemies. Pray for your enemies. We don't need more division in this world. We need more unity. God is a God of unity. God is a God that will pull together. He says, if you lift up my name, I'll draw every man. The good guy, the bad guy, and the every guy in between. I'll draw them all unto me if my name is lifted high. 
So we've got to get out of earthly thinking, and we also need to get out of a problem-focused mentality that says, I've got this problem. Nahum had this problem called leprosy, and it hindered him from being able to move forward. Because how many people know when you're put in a position of authority that you've got about 10 people around you that all wish they had what you got, and I'll tell you, they'll trip you up, they'll say the things, they'll do all the stuff to make you look bad so that they can what? Take your position. Sometimes we look at success and we think, oh, man, success is fantastic. And, oh, it's just great. Fantastic comes with a lot of, or uh, success comes with a lot of responsibility. It comes with a lot of not allowing what other people think to get involved in your life. No, I'm a man of God and I'm called according to his purpose. But what I want you to know is there's a deeper cause for your problem. It's that one thing. It's the one thing that God has convicted you of, that if you were completely transparent and completely honest with people around you, you would be able to articulate exactly what that one thing is. But you understand, if God wants, you, wants to convict you of something, it's for your deliverance. It's for your good. It's to open the opportunity, what Pastor Barb's talking about this morning, that, wow, God really does want to open this up over my life. God really does want to touch the deeper parts of my life. God doesn't want me to spend all my energy trying to hide this thing, trying to push it in the back somewhere, trying to make sure that nobody can see it so that all they see is the success that I am, and they don't see the things that I'm really dealing with on the inside. God wants to heal you of that. If there's anything I've ever learned uh, in the natural realm, it, going through all of the, the medical training I've gone through, is that disease, the manifestation of the disease, cannot exist without the dis-ease to organize the structure to form that outcome. You see, everything has a cause. And if what you're dealing with is the problem, you may be dealing and most likely are dealing with the wrong thing. You see, Nahum had a good re uh, rapport with the king and the, gov and the government. He got to sit down and have dinner with the king. He got to meet all of the important people that lived there in that day. Everybody knew who Naaman was. He was a mighty warrior. He was a successful commander of the entire army. I want to stop here for a second because once you get this, well, I talked about it this morning, using an analogy. You all seen the guy that spins the plates up on the stage, right? He starts with one, he gets it spinning, and then two, and then he gets it up to 10, and then he gets it to 20. I believe Naaman was dealing with that in his life. I believe that he had to up and up the ante each and every time. He had to do something greater. Well, yeah, I know you did all this stuff for me, Naaman, but now the king needs you to go do this, and now he needs you to do that. And it's just like you're just climbing this thing, and you're spending all these plates, and you're spending all the energy doing this, and yet you know you're convicted in your heart to do something that's deeper, allow God to touch that thing and to deal with that thing for you so that God can do what only God can do. Eventually, all those plates are going to fall. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks and creates. And it, we all think, well, that's just, you know, to create all the good. No. I'll tell you, there's life and death in the power of your tongue. 
And so while you think you're hiding all of the stuff that you're dealing with on the inside, most likely the people closest to you know exactly what those things are. And it's time for us as the body of Christ to be honest with ourselves and honest with God and say, God, I need you to help me with what's going on at a deeper level because it's hindering me from receiving something brand new in my future and not repeating the same exact result in my life over and over. I'm ready for healing. I'm ready for deliverance. Healing and deliverance doesn't require anything other than God to do it. There's no ladder to climb. There's no, you know, the, the, this fast or that fast or read my Bible more or go to church more or do this or do that. All of those things are things you should enjoy and want to do, want to contribute into your life. Those are all just things to help you grow into what I'm talking about. It's to reveal those things, those dark things in our lives that are hindering our outcome. So it says here in verse 2, at, at this time the Armenian raiders invaded the land of Israel. So Israel's got some problems, right? And among their captives was, everybody say, a young girl who had been given to Naaman's wife as a maid or a slave. One day the girl said to her mistress, I wish my master would go see the prophet in Samaria and he would heal him of his leprosy. You see, this is a young Jewish girl. She was raised to know God. And she had seen and heard of the past miracles and signs and wonders. And here this little child, and the Bible says, if you have faith like a child, man, you change the whole world. And here this little girl speaks the truth about the situation. She isn't just talking about the problem. She's talking about the solution. And if this man would stop and go and see the prophet, then the prophet would heal him of his leprosy. So Nahum took the king, or told the king, that the young girl, what the young girl from Israel had said, go and visit the prophet. The king of Aram told him, I will send a letter of introduction for you to take to the king of Israel. So Naaman started out carrying gifts of 750 pounds of silver and 150 pounds of gold and 10 sets of clothing. You see, the world is, always wants to be your solution. Well, we'll just throw more money at it. Well, we'll just do more of this with it. Well, you know, it's the latest this or the latest that. That's the solution. Again, that's 100% focused on the problem and very little uh, focus on the cause of the manifestation of what you're experiencing in the natural realm. There's nothing in the natural realm that's going to get remedied by natural things. You need the supernatural realm to intervene into that situation so that it cannot just be what your idea of what it should be, but it could become God's idea where all things work together for good to those who are called according to his purpose. Amen? 
not my purpose, not my will to be done, not do it this way so that I can have it that way. It's not about the money. It's not about the stuff. It's not about what you can produce in the natural. What I'm talking about this morning is what needs to be produced and reproduced in the supernatural to overpower what you're experiencing in the natural. It's time for this to happen in the body of Christ. As a pastor, I just see people going through the same cycles over and over again. It's, it's like a clock, you know. They, they, they get touched by God and everything's good and all of a sudden it starts coming right back around and here's the one thing. Again, get your focus off of the outcome and get your focus on the cause. This is the season for you to allow that deeper cause of what's really running the show to get healed by God. It says here uh, that, that he had all the gold. He had all the, the clothing he needed. The letter to the king of Israel said, with this letter... If you're not careful, you're going to have somebody else write something down for you, like a prescription or some financial plan or, you know, some relational, you know, whatever, and you're going to go after it that way. But I'm telling you, instead of the letter, what about the Word of God? What about the Word that has already been written? But he says, with this letter, I present my servant. Well, hey, listen, listen, I serve you, but I serve God first. Well, you're not seeing in this this order here is any mention of God whatsoever. It says, with this letter, with my servant, and I want you to heal him of this leprosy. Now, we know that this young girl that was a slave was a slave in, in his country. So we got some problems. These two countries actually share a border, so they know each other fairly well. And they've got some history. But let's read on in verse 7. It says, When the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes in dismay and said, Am I God that I can give life and take it away? Why is this man asking me to heal someone with leprosy? I can see that he's just trying to pick a fight with me. You see, even the king of Israel had this one thing. I didn't do this in first service, but I, I want to do this now. You see, there's different states that we can be in. And I'm talking about deeper states, things that I'm experiencing that I try to hide from everybody. Things like shame, guilt, apathy, grief, fear, strong personal desires, anger, pride, these are things that I'm talking about this morning. These are the things that these men are dealing with. The king of Israel, you've got everybody who has this one thing that they just want to continue to do what they've always done. The problem is it's just going to produce that same result. And it blocks the hand of God from touching you in such a way that you would overcome. Deliverance is a whole other level of an experience. And I know many of you are, are, are facing challenges in your life, but if you're not careful, those challenges are going to become bigger than God. You're going to be looking to the world and the money it can give you. You're going to be chasing all kinds of natural things to try to remedy or, 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 or um, you know, kind of tickle your itch or scratch your itch. 
But I'm here to tell you there's a way around all that. You can avert all of that, and you can begin to adopt the nature of God on the inside of yourself so that you're not under those kinds of things anymore. Those aren't the underlying things that are really starting to push you in a direction that isn't going to put you where God wants you to be. Hallelujah. Verse 8, and it says, But when, when Elisha... The man of God, and I'm going to qualify that, you, woman of God, right? You see, when a person of God hears the king of Israel had torn his clothes and dismayed, he sent this message to him, why are you so upset? Remember how I told you a moment ago that everybody kind of knows what your one thing is? He calls him out right there. He calls him out right there. And it's like, why are you getting so upset? I see a pattern in your life, and maybe we could deal with that at a different time. Send Naaman to me, and he will what? Learn or gain insight or revelation that there is a true prophet here in Israel. It was all about getting Naaman to the point in his life where revelation could take over and do what only God could do. To get over the pride, to get over the spinning all the plates, to get off the merry-go-round and to say, you know what, I'm liberated from my core. I'm not liberated just based on what you see on my skin. We've got to get our focus off of the problem. There is a cause. For the problems that we deal with in our personal lives, in our city, and around this world, there is a cause. And the more effort we put into the problem, the least opportunity that God has to really restore everything that has been lost. I believe in a God who loves us unconditionally and wants to heal us ever. Everything that so easily besets us, all of those things that go bump in the night when no one else is there, all of the things that you play the movie in your head a hundred times you've seen this movie. If this happens, then that happens. And if that happens, then this happens. Well, why not reverse that whole thing into actions of faith to say, praise the Lord, I'm not watching that movie any longer. I'm no longer going to be looking at what I'm afraid of, I'm going to be looking at what I'm in faith for in my life. And I'm going to quit allowing this thing on the inside of me to continue to undermine the authority of God in my life. The Bible says take every single thought that you have captive to God. Well, you've got to start to develop the awareness of what God is convicting you of so that you can deal with that thing once and for all. You drink of the waters that I'm talking about, you'll never thirst in these areas again in your life. That's the liberty that you have in Christ. Hallelujah. Verse 9. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots. Here he is, man. He's got to bring the whole entourage. He can't just walk over there. He can't just hop on a camel or a horse. He's got chariots. He's got gold. He's got silver. He's got men around him. He's going to, when he shows up, you better know I'm here. And he's making a point of this thing. 
And this is the one thing that God needs to deal with in his life. And he's about to do it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He says, it says, but Elisha sent out a messenger. Hallelujah. Sometimes it ain't going to work out the way you want. Sometimes the prophet himself ain't going to come out and talk to you in your dark hour. And you're just going to have to get over it. It's about the process. It's about dealing with the one thing. It's not the leprosy. It's not the debt. It's not your health condition. It's none of those things. It has to do with the one thing. But Elisha sent a messenger out to meet with him with a message. Remember, he's here to teach him and give him revelation. He says, go and wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River. Hallelujah. We know the number seven is completion. And we know the Jordan River represents salvation, right? You get to the other side of that thing, you're in the promised land. Hallelujah. Then your skin will be restored and you will be healed of your leprosy. Now, how many people know washing in the river has nothing to do with leprosy? So maybe God is trying to deal with something much deeper than his leprosy. But Naaman became angry. He became, he, he started throwing a fit, man. He's like, wait a second. Don't you know who I am? Don't you know how much gold and silver I got out in these chariots? You see all these men out here that are loyal to me? You see what I got, buddy? And you're going to send a messenger out to me? You're not even going to come out here and talk to me yourself? Can you see the 800-pound elephant in the room? The guy's skin is falling off, and yet now the, that's no longer the issue. It's like, well, dude, you got some anger problems. You got some pride problems, man. Like, you got some stuff going on here. Like, you got a complex here. Right? We spend a lot of time trying to hide this one thing. But I promise you, everybody knows about it. The cat's already gotten out of the bag a number of times. There it is. Some of you in this room just need to get over whatever happened. That was also part of the word this morning. Let it go. You gotta get, you gotta let it go. You gotta get it out. You can come up to this altar and you can you can you can pour your heart out to God. But here's what I would tell you: when you're done with that, draw your line in the sand. Draw it. Not, not based on how you feel, because I know it's difficult, it's hard, it's all of those kinds of things. But listen, you're not dealing with difficult and hard things all by yourself. Everybody in this room, just, just, just don't raise your hand if you've got a problem, you know. <laughs> and I don't see anybody's hands going up. Well, praise the Lord, we got one man of God over here. Praise. Good to see you both here, by the way, and welcome back to Faith Builders Church. Been over a year since they've been able to come, and just welcome, welcome, welcome. I, I know you're experiencing something different than you could have online. Amen. Amen. We all want the skin restored. But not many people want to allow God to do what only God can do to deal with the cause. Verse 11. But Nahum became angry and he ran off. I thought you would certainly come out and meet with me! Exclamation point. He said, I expected. 
I'm going to pause here. I didn't have enough time this morning, but I'm going to pause right here. So many of us have expectations of others, and we have to assume those expectations are false because they're not their expectations. They're yours. You, you, <laughs> I know I'm pushing buttons now when I'm talking about the one thing because I'd rather be right than happy and fulfilled. There's no amount of you being right. You're not called to be right. You're called to be righteous. You're called to be righteous. And that's liberating for many of you right here in this room right now. Let God do what only God can do. I shared a brief story this morning, you know, years ago. You know, I didn't know the first thing about ministry. I got Bishop Pastor Gloria who walk on water every day for crying out loud. And they're wanting me to understand what they understand. Hmm. I got no point of reference to understand what they understand. Zero. And so as you can imagine, in, gosh, what, 20-some years now, we've been with Faith Builders Church, but most of, the, of that time, just a lay person, just, just doing ministry, just loving God and just, you know, enjoying the benefits of God and all of that kind of stuff. I didn't have any aspirations to become anything other than a servant of God. I wanted to just serve in ministry. And they had a, a cause to, to call me into a meeting, praise the Lord, about a rather heated subject, Right? that I'd already been festering with before I ever walked in the room. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Praise the Lord. If you don't, hallelujah, you got to get out of your head and into your life and just start walking by faith and just you'll bump into these things. Praise the Lord. And I remember, you know, just laying in bed at night going, oh, man, you know, oh, boy, you know, I just pray for Pastor Glory and pay, pray for Bishop, you know. Oh, hallelujah, you know. But listen, let me just, I'm just telling on myself. But there was something dark there. There was something dark that could not have otherwise been exposed other than someone like a prophet of God to come into my life and say, hey, we got to deal with this thing. I tell you, when you can finally declare that problem, the failure, that I'm not the failure, it is, and begin to distance yourself from that thing, man, alive, you talk about revelation, you talk about insight that you could have never got, you talk about windows of heaven opening over your life, you talk about developing this incredible connection with God that would not otherwise have been possible, that's what happened. That's what happened. But if I didn't deal with that one thing, I'd... I'd just be another person that Pastor Barb said it last week. You know, going through COVID, there are going to be a lot of people who are going to regret what they said and what they did because it was so focused on the problem rather than the kingdom of God and what we're here to do. If you said the thing 
If you've done the thing, get it under the blood of Jesus, walk away, praise the Lord. I get to become something brand new that wouldn't otherwise be possible. I'm not going to fight the situation anymore. I'm going to embrace Jesus and bring him into my life, and I'm going to become a brand new creation in him, and it's no longer me who lives. It's the Christ that's alive inside of me. Wow, what an aha. What a relief. Pop, plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. Praise the Lord. To finally get all this stuff off your chest. Stop spinning the plate. Stop wasting your time. Just start to walk by faith, and I promise you, you you'll find God everywhere you go. But those expectations, right? Let them go. Uh, I expected him to wave his hand over him and, and heal him of his leprosy. Call on the name of the Lord. Do it the way I'm instructing you to do it. Not a good idea. We live in a linear world. God lives in a supernatural, creative world that's going in every direction, every time, all the time. And We've got to quit fixing this is how it has to happen. Aren't the rivers of Damascus and Albania and Pafar, whatever that river is, praise the Lord, you can look them up later, better than any of the rivers of Israel? Why shouldn't I wash in them and be healed there? So Nahum turned and went away in a rage. Boy, I tell you, if you could be a pastor for a week or a month, hallelujah. You're just giving people the word of God. You're just loving on them. You're also trying to be the prophet in their life to try to help them overcome some areas of their lives. And all of a sudden, they get angry and they run out of the church. Here's what I know about those people. They're destined to repeat it over and over and over again. It wasn't about the circumstance. It was about resisting the need to change and for the transformation to occur. Remember when I told you about the, the thing with Bishop and Pastor Gloria? You've got to understand that I could not see. I could not comprehend what I would have seen on the other side if I didn't allow God to do the deeper work in me to free me of something I didn't even know was there. Light always, always rushes out the darkness. Hallelujah. So he goes and says, I ain't doing this. This is ridiculous. This has nothing to do with my leprosy. You're a, a weirdo. So his officers tried to reason with him and said, Sir, the prophet, if the prophet told you to do something difficult, you see the people around you know what, the, what it is. Oh, if he'd have told you to do something difficult, if he'd have told you to put one more plate out here on the thing and keep the thing going and, and one-upping it and keep doing that, it, you would have been fine with that. You'd have been fine with it. So you should certainly obey him when he says simply, go wash and be cured. So Naaman went down to the Jordan River and dipped himself seven times, as the man of God had instructed him, and his skin became as healthy as the skin of a, a young child, and he 
was healed. Hallelujah. He was healed of the outward because of his willingness to do what needed to be done, which was called out by the ones that were closest to him. There is a cause for your outcome. And if your cause right now is producing your outcome, if you can change your cause, you can change your outcome. All things are possible to those who believe. What do you believe about your problem? Where is the supernatural being invited into that problem, not to address the problem itself, but to prevent it from reoccurring at a later time. God wants to do a deep work in every single one of us. I believe that by everything that's within me. It says, then Nahum went with his entire party, went back to find the man of God. They stood before him, and Naaman said, now I know, now I know that there is no God in all of the world except for Israel. So he got born again. Something so profound happened inside of him to trigger the healing on the outside of him that he was changed in the way he thinks. Remember, the prophet said that he will learn. He will learn. And so he gained that understanding. He gained that revelation as a result of submitting himself to the authority of God to do it the way God wanted to do it. So please accept this gift from your servant, right? He's still got all the silver and the gold that he came with, right? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But it says that Elisha replied, as surely as the Lord lives, whom I serve, I will not accept any of those gifts. And though Naaman urged him to take the gift, Elijah refused. It says, then Naaman said, all right, but please allow me to load two of my mules with the earth from this place. And I will take it back home with me. Here's a, something I would warn you of when you get something great from God. Don't memorialize it. Do not memorialize it. Thank Him. Praise the Lord. I no longer am the way I was. But it's not about the event. It's about putting your focus back on God again. God, do what only you can do. God, open the windows of heaven over my life. God, continue to show me other things that I need to deal with my life. Naaman said, all right, but please allow me to load those things. From now on, I will never again offer burn offerings or sacrifices to any other God except the Lord because of the deep, profound work that happened on the inside of him. However, oh man, listen, like I said, just because God heals one thing doesn't mean he's done with you. And he's about to reveal his next number one thing. <laughs> However, may the Lord pardon me in this, what does it say? This one thing. 
tell you, God's good. When my master, the king, goes into the temple of the God of Rimmon to worship there and leans on my arm, may the Lord pardon me to bow to. And so, listen, how many people in here are thankful for the grace of God? The grace of God is there to not deal with your outcome. It's there to deal with what's going on inside. Too many of us are so focused on the equity we can create in our resources out there rather than the, in, the, the, uh, the, the resources we can create inside, the true equity. Remember Jesus when he was standing in the temple and they're threatening his life. Man, we're, I'm going to take you down, man. I got so much pressure from everybody out here. We're going to have to take you out, brother. I mean, that's just all there is to it. And Jesus looked straight at the king, straight at the authority that was trying to rule and govern his life. And he looked at him. He says, I'll tell you what. You tear this temple down that you see here. In three days, I'll resurrect it just the way you see it. And the king thought he was talking about the property. But what he's talking about is, no, you don't understand what I possess. You don't understand the power I'm here to, to release and the equity that I've developed in my life to make sure that all the things that I was tempted in, and the Bible says he was tempted in everything and yet did not sin. His power didn't come just because of his omnipotence. He could have went the other way if he chose. It came from not allowing these things to block or hinder the will of God in his life. And it took tremendous courage and tenacity and, I mean, the supernatural for that to occur. I believe every person in this room, you have the ability to identify that cause. You already know what it is. Those closest to you already know what it is. And it's time to just let that thing go. It's time to declare it as the failure that it is and, and, and take the energy that you're using to, to manage that thing and to keep it, you know, at bay or keep it behind where nobody can supposedly see it and now take that same energy and start to invest it into the promises of God for your life, the salvation that wants to occur through the process of letting that thing go. Greater is he that's in you than the devil that's in the world. You are not your thoughts. You are not your feelings. You are not what's happened to you. You are mighty in God for the pulling down of these kinds of strongholds in your life. And I just want to, under the power of God, just bless every person to know what those things are in your life. Know how to address those in your life. And, 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 and I think more importantly than anything, getting your Focus off of the problem and onto the cause and what God can do in and through you. The last verse here says in verse 19, after he asks him the question, his response is simple. Go in peace, Elisha said. So Naaman started home again. Once you get what only God can do in your life, and you get that revelation, it's important that you maintain the peace that passes all understanding. I can promise you this much. One of the most difficult things about these kinds of transitions 
is that you're going to start to show up differently, okay? And when you show up differently, people around you have buy-in to the way things used to be. You've got to maintain your peace. You've got to maintain not only the revelation that you have that nobody else has yet around you, but you need to do that with love and with peace and with gentleness so that they can come alongside and experience the brand new you. Heavenly Father, we just thank you and praise you this morning for your word. Your word is the main thing that can help us deal with our one thing. And I thank you, Father God, for the incredible story in, in, of Naaman and what you did through him. And I thank you right now, Father God, that those convictions that you've put in our hearts and in our minds, Father God, aren't there to deter us. They're there to heal us and to give us a hope and a future to bring success, godly success into our lives that no man can take away. Thank you right now, Father God, for revealing those things again. Not to bring condemnation, but to bring healing. And I thank you, Father God, for your word and your ability to perform it on our behalf. Father God, do what only you can do. We submit this thing to you, Father God. And we thank you, Father God, for touching and healing what needs to be touched and healed. We give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. There's some of you who need to get your hearts right with Jesus this morning. It's that one thing that's been nagging you. You know you've drifted away. Some of you need to receive Christ for the first time. It's You know it's there. You're here. You're not here by accident. You're here on purpose. Praise the Lord. So I just want you to say this prayer together with me as a congregation. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I make you the Lord of my life. Holy Spirit, come live inside of me and do what only you can do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen. Keep your heads bowed for just a moment. If you came back to Christ this morning or you came afresh and anew with every eye closed every head bowed just slip your hand up and acknowledge that between you and God I see that hand I see that hand I see that hand I see that hand hallelujah put your hands down open your eyes and look around I want you all to leave in victory this morning knowing that that one thing is something that Christ died for and that he will help you overcome. And that overcoming of that one thing, that cause, will begin to change your outcome for the good. God bless you all. Let's welcome Pastor Barb to the pulpit this morning.